Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brothers. And welcome to the Freemasons Podcast. I am your host, Right Worshipful Brother George Marjorie, and with me tonight, Brother Rocco, Worshipful Brother Dan, Worshipful Brother Ken, Worshipful Brother Dan arrives again. He comes back again. You get, what, what episode were you on? The last one uh, about uh, Jack the Ripper. I Jack believe. the Ripper. Well, which, which one was that? That, that like one went sideways. It, yeah, it did take a turn. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why, Ken, because he was here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with me. All right, so uh, we are going to our topic for the night is going to be Masonic uh, myths, I guess you can say. But first, let's get into it. <sighs> First thing we're going to do is plug our sponsorship, www.thefreemasonspodcast.com. I've actually been selling. I sold three white Freemason podcast plain shirts. I'm selling them for $15 per shirt online. They are $20. So if you want one for me, I got, think, a couple uh, two XLs. I got some XLs, and I got mediums. And I think I got a couple smalls, but not too many. Um, if you want one, hit me up through Facebook Messenger. I take PayPal and Apple Cash. Either one will work. Um, let's say, let's get into shout outs. We have a couple more likes on the, on the podcast. Jonathan Feebish, Jeff Scott, BT Kennedy, and Dustin Shirley. So let's get into it. Actually, uh, where's your brother Dan? Why don't you lead us in our toast? Do you remember how to do ours? Absolutely not. All right. So, I'll lead the first yeah, one. You, you can do the next one. <laughs> Brethren, right hand arms. To arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, both. Vivat! 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 All right. Remember now? Wow. wow. Yeah, the stuff That's that we awful. just drank was actually given to wow. us by Brother Anthony Turner. And for those who can't see, it's George Dickel Tennessee Bottle and Bond Whiskey. And, uh... <clears throat> Yeah, it's wow. tickly. It's, it's tickly. It's oh, it's tickly. still warming you. But I want to thank uh, Brother um, <laughs> Anthony Turner for that, and we're going to toast him. Thank you, Brother. Uh, thank you very I much. I believe... Uh, wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a cold weather one. Joe Zanino's on his way up, and uh, he's going to be here about the uh, Warshall Brother Joe Zanino. That would be nice on a cold evening. That's, by the yeah. fire. Th- it's got a little is, burn to it, is, uh, I'll tell you. But I want to first, I, would, I just want to thank uh, Brother Anthony Turner for the whiskey. Uh, we appreciate it. While we're on gifts, and we're going to toast uh, Brother Anthony Turner, uh, but while we're on gifts, I had something sent to me through the mail. I'm going to actually stick over here on display for everyone to see. Yeah. I do not know who the person is who sent this to me, but stand by. We will find out. VR Masons. I got a window decal sent to me, and it reads, 
No goats, no glory. Can that be seen? I think you yep. can see that, right? I think it's pretty clear, yeah. Pretty clear? Goat, no goats, no glory. So whoever sent me that, <laughs> hysterical, funny, and uh, I will be sticking it on the back of uh, Steve Saxton's shirt. But I was gonna say you got room on your rear truck window. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know. Up here on that window I think over I've there. Pissed off enough people okay. <laughs> that uh, I don't enough. think that's probably the smartest thing for me to do. But anyway, Very so cool. let's toast uh, to the first uh, brother Anthony Turner for the whiskey, and I guess we can toast Mister Anonymous who sent the the um, decal, but. I'm, I'm not going to remember it. You're not going to remember no, the you're, toast? You're, All right. You're, you're, brother you're Ken, lead it. I'm going to have to do another one then. All right, <laughs> brothers, right hand to arms. Arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire. Good fire. Fire all. <sighs> Together, my brothers. Vivat. 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 Oh, I poured way more that time. Yeah, it's some good stuff. It is good. I will say it is good, but it's powerful. Yeah. One other toast I want to do that we haven't done yet and I'd like to do, and uh, I'm going to have Rocco lead this one. Uh, let's pour right. one more round of this stuff. Be, ge- be, be very gentle. Make it a tiny one. Yeah, be gentle. Uh, Brother Rocco is going to lead this one for us. Ooh. Oh, seriously? That's my bad. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Yeah, That's I'm going to take a sip out of that yeah. one. Now. No, no, you got to slam it. No, no, no. That's getting poured somewhere else. So. Uh, right. I am not. I'm not pounding that. I'm literally doing a, a sip out of that. Uh, Brother Rocco, we are going to toast all of our Patreons because awesome. we have, uh, I think we're up to nine or ten now. And the Patreons, uh, I want to plug our page uh, while we're on, on that subject. Uh, Patreon, you sign up, 3579, become part of it. Actually, we have a pretty cool blooper that I'm going to be putting up not too long ago for our commercial. Thanks, Brother Ken. I don't know who screwed that up. <laughs> but, Certainly uh, not your voiceover guy. <laughs> But uh, I would like to uh, toast all of our Patreons. Uh, they are also on Discord with us, and uh, we have a good time talking back and forth. So, Brother Rocco, right. lead it. Brothers, right hand to arms. 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 No. <laughs> I do the other side of it all the time. I know. That's you do the, the other problem. side. Come on. you got to lead from time to time. <laughs> right hand to arms. Right hand to arms. Arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Brothers together. Viva! 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 Awesome, Rocco. Did a great job. First time yeah. you ever did one, right? Well, but yeah, it, it, I, I, the first uh, part right. of that I screwed up. That's all right. Listen, it's, it happens. I started doing both parts. A wise man once told me in order to know how to lead, you must first learn how to follow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you were doing the following part. So you learned that lesson well. Uh, while we're on that, let's plug uh, the Free Basis Podcast Facebook page and the community page, which is what is going live right now. Um, but also, I uh, just want to say uh, we are now. I'm putting on videos on YouTube. I have to. I'm actually slacking. I got to put the, the next this one and the one prior to on YouTube. But we have a YouTube channel. We're going to be putting more and more up there. Uh, I think after this, we're going to be doing a Puppet George interview as well. Once Joe shows up with uh, Warship Brother Ken and Warship Brother Dan. And uh, maybe Rocco. Let's see what uh, Puppet George is in the mood for today. Hmm. All right. Last one we did was Franklin's uh, 13 Virtues. And the card we did was Moderation. How'd we do? 
it's only a few days, but I was pretty moderate. All right. It was it was it was entertaining. It was good. Did all right? Yeah. See between between Sunday and today. Between Sunday and today, yeah. I mean, I didn't eat to excess. I didn't drink to excess. I think I moderated yeah. myself yeah. fairly well. Mm-hmm. You did good in three days, as Rocco said. Yeah, I did. I've actually, uh, I've actually <laughs> been, really uh, do it for a week next time. <laughs> no, I was thinking about. it. I was like, hey, uh, that's yeah. right. I forgot we didn't do it for a full week. That's right. Yeah, usually go Sunday to Sunday with it, right? Franklin didn't last too long. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So three Listen, days is still. We're doing all right. I'm we're pretty sure right. he fell off the wagon. He on fell off the, the wagon. Uh, Chastity one or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but uh, even though we're still picking a new card, you can still practice moderation for the full week if you'd like. So yeah. it's not. We're just, just picking it, a new card. It, we got and make it a cumulative yeah, effect. There you go. Uh, Rock, just turn the mic a little bit more to your mouth. To your mouth. That was away from the mouth. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Aim it up a hair. Go ahead. It's say, nice. say hi. It, it, it's a little limp. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> you're good now. The beard. You're, you're, no, you're perfect now, actually. Um, all right. So we're going to pick a new card. we got two left, and then we'll move on to another section. But uh, I think we're going to have uh, Worshipful Brother Dan pick the card. Sweet. Does that mean I have to follow whatever I pick? We all do. Pick yeah. the card. And what card did you get? Justice. Justice. That's a, all right. You know good what? One. That's a good one. Read Justice. Benjamin Franklin said, Wrong none by doing injuries or omitting the benefits that are your duty. Don't bring harm to others for your own benefit. Try to find ways so that everyone involved in your interactions finds some genuine benefit. Seek out solutions so that everyone wins. If you agreed to an argument, stick by that. Oh, excuse me. If you agreed to an arrangement, stick by that arrangement or renegotiate if it is now untenable. Hmm. I said that right. You yeah. proud of me? Untenable is correct. That's well done. I almost said unattainable, but yeah. So. It's still work in, con- in context. We'll put up. We'll get rid of this. The, is a little bit more difficult to uh, to get eh. going in your real life. I, guess. I don't think so. Uh, I think I'll be all right. Yeah, I'm not too much of a. I'm not too much of a. What's the word I'm looking for without swearing? Um, Jag off an a hole. <laughs> but no. But that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like this is kind of a hard one because it, it implies you had to. Uh, wrong someone almost before you get justice or 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 if you came to an agreement you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta follow your agreements right. i think you know. negotiate in good faith yeah. follow through with your you know your commitments right uh, uh wishful brother joe says he's almost here or i'll awesome. be there i'll be, be there here see facebooking and driving because yeah. that's so probably while we're, i would like to wait for joe for the second half of this uh just because i want him to participate in what we're going to do hmm. uh so while we're sitting here why don't we uh go over some uh We'll ask some listener questions. Actually, I got a couple here. Hmm. And uh, don't let me forget to do this before the end of the night. But uh, one of the questions that I had, as soon as I can find it, because I got to bring it up on Facebook, was from uh, Joseph Schultz. Nope, I lied. Wrong guy. Damien Vacin Brand. Vacin Brand? Ah, I'm trying here. Um,. But he says, good afternoon. My name is Damien. How would you say that? V-A-C-I-N. Dame, uh, Vassin. Vassin. Thank you. My name is Damien Vassin. I am brother with Unity Lodge 130 out of Sioux Falls. And I said Sioux Falls correctly. He's Very got an good. X. Very good. Yes. S-I-O. 
O-U-X. Falls, South Dakota. I am a big fan of your podcast. Being an Army recruiter out here, I have to drive a lot. Awesome. Thank you for your service. Mm. Um, you, your, your podcast makes the hour spending. I drive. Oh, Jesus Christ. You, your, it was spelled wrong. It says you podcast. Uh, your podcast makes the hours I spend driving go by quick. Thank you for what you do. You're very welcome. Awesome. The reason why I'm messaging, messaging you is that I am on the investigation committee for my lodge. Our lodge has just starting having the investigation committee meet with the candidates before we vote on them interesting they just started that is that what it says that's what he's saying or maybe they just started a standing committee for it versus uh maybe or Or maybe he just started the committee hey every every grand jurisdiction is different who who knows you know um what are some good questions to ask when we meet with them i am meeting with a candidate next week and would actually and uh and would actually and me and my buddy who is also on the investigation committee would like to actually have a good set of questions to go off of. Thank you in advance. All right. Fire away, fellas. What are some good questions? So one I always go with is, uh, you know, who are your people? (laughs) Or I say, do you have a family? Um, You know, something like that. But along those lines um, of getting, you know, an idea of uh, who you hang out with, who you have around you. All right. And that's important. I uh, I always try to meet at where they live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times people do it at the lodge. I prefer to go where they live, not so much as I want to see the stuff in their house, but just see that they have a stable living environment right. and they're, mm-hmm. you know, upstanding people in the community, perhaps. Uh, and the second thing I always ask for sure is if they are in belief of a supreme being. Coin number one, definitely. Like God, Cardinal rule. Got to. Like, got to. No. Brother Ken. So in Connecticut, uh, in our grand jurisdiction, there are guidelines that we receive as part of the investigating committee. We have a form. I'm actually going to send it to him, but yeah. I figured we'd just throw it around the table. And you know. there are some guidelines and some questions that you are, some information that you have to gather as part of your investigation, but you know, you can go about that however you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I like to do, and again, I've had to recruit people um, in the past in my professional life. I like to ask open-ended questions because then people don't have a yes or a no. They tend to, you know, just kind of go on while you sit there and stare at them mm-hmm. and you learn a lot of information that way. And again, I mean, when we, when we do investigating committees, we're not interrogating you. Like that's not right. the purpose, but it's very much we an just interview. want to know about you. It's yeah, very much it, an yeah, interview. Yeah, I mean. absolutely. Um, but it's not an interrogation. Yep. I think one of the questions I always ask are, what are you into? What are your hobbies? Yeah. What are the things you like to do? You like to build little model cars? Do you like to, you know, stuff like that? Because uh, I think it's more, I think it's very important to get them on, to get them to know them on a personal basis rather than just, you know, well, this is the guideline. How long have you lived in the state of Connecticut? Yeah. How long have you been, you know, how long have you been interested in Freemason? Like, get to know them. Yeah. You know, outside of the standardized questions, you know, ask them generic things, you know, like, uh, uh, do you have any parents? Like, uh, are your parents alive? Or you not, you have parents. any parents, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, tell me about your relationship with your parents. You know, like, you know, get to, Was your dad a Mason? Mm-hmm. You know, was your mother an Eastern Star? You know, just kind of what you know, trying to get a background as to what got them involved yep. in Freemason to begin with. Yeah. So, uh, were you in the military? You know, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. You know? And really, uh, an investigation committee is as much us interviewing them as it is them interviewing us. 
right? So you want to impart as much information as, as, as you can about the fraternity so that they know whether it's a good fit for them. Because the last mm-hmm. thing you want is to bring somebody in. Mm-hmm. They do their EA degree. They decide masonry is not for them because mm-hmm. you didn't give them enough information about what the fraternity is all about, and they never come back. Next thing I think is extremely important. Other than just, if you're meeting, like you would said, meeting at the person's house, if his wife is there, ask her questions. Mm-hmm. Right. She's got to be at the table. She's got to be at the table. And she, maybe Absolutely has to be. She asks her questions. That is, sure. that is coin number one. You know, what are your questions? Ask her the questions. And let me tell you, you want to warm up like that. You'll warm up right mm-hmm. to the family and everything. And, you know, it's even better. It's, you know, after you've asked her the questions, what are your concerns? You know, what do you think we're about? You know, ask her. I'm like, I think you're all evil people. No. All right. Well, slow down here. You know. And if that significant other is not behind it, then mm-hmm. he's not going to show up. And therein is the problem. Is That's the reason why if she's there, you know, the significant other, wife, girlfriend, whatever, is there. You And you engage with her. You can turn somebody who may be ice cold about it and not want him to join, and he's like, oh, I don't join anyway, you know? What's and the trouble? It's only two nights a month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, but really, like, on a, on a real serious base, like, you can turn somebody mm. who, you know, a, somebody's uh, significant other who may not be on board with it and not be comfortable with it, you could flip her in a second. And I think it's important is yep. to definitely... Address the wife because, or the girlfriend or who's ever home. Because if you got kids, while you're out gallivanting and playing with the boys, you know you want to make sure that she's okay with watching. You know, one, two, three, four, twelve kids or how many. You want to make sure she's okay with that. You know, and you're automatically putting a human face on the fraternity too. Absolutely. So if she has any kind of reservations or mm-hmm. anything, now there's a human being sitting in front of her showing that you have an interest in what, you know, and what the rest of the family thinks about the fraternity right that's something too uh we try when we do our investigative committees i mean we don't have an assigned one Mm -hmm. so we try to at least get somebody close to their age to Mm -hmm. to their investigation so that way it kind of feels right so there's that comfortable you know comfortable factor you know i mean oh this guy's my age right we we, we've made comments about that before especially when i had my investigation when you know guys in their 80s showed up to my house and i got my two-year-old at the time flying around the house like a lunatic like and he's talking about churning butter in oxford like what are we talking about here you know i stuck it out but i'm just saying you know, you know nothing against churning butter or you know guys yeah, over 80 i'm just making a point like, just making a point like you know, we're, we're not relating here so i think it's very important that it's people of the same age again you know I also, on the flip side of the 80-year-old coming to the 20-year-old's house, I don't think 20-year-olds should be going to the 50 or 60-year-old's house either. Right. Because we're not going to... Can't relate. We're in a different generation. I might might combat you there a little bit. How old are you? You're like 50, though, aren't you? Okay. 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 Never mind. Never mind. I'll just mess with you. Anyway. No, but there's a lot of... uh, There's, I think, a lot of value in... uh, in reaching out to the brothers that are older than you, right? And mm-hmm. when you're ready for that, of course. I don't. Well, think we're talking in about investigation committees. I'm no, that's what I'm about. saying. So in the very beginning, you don't want to be with someone dissimilar. Mm, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that that plays into uh, you know also personalities too. 
I wouldn't put Ryan on an investigation committee with, you know, certain, you know, Ryan Nordstrom. I wouldn't put him, you know, or Worshipful Master. I wouldn't, if I was Master, I wouldn't want him on investigation committees with certain, I kind of would, you know, again, I usually meet with the people initially. I'm the, I'm the, I'm your first step in the door. Yep. You meet with me, actually. You Secretary you, usually is. Yep. Yeah, he's usually the first step in the door. And if, if there was ever a person that I felt like, I don't know if I want him on the, not for an initial meeting, you know, once they kind of warm up and everything and get into the lodge and, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're all brothers and everything's fine, but that initial meeting, you wouldn't want somebody who's soft spoken going up against somebody who's got a very harsh tongue, not harsh, but just very, not even aggressive. That's the word. Very uh, stoic. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. a tougher personality, you know, Uh, and vice versa. I wouldn't want somebody who's, you know, going to be, a tougher personality coming into not tougher you, you get what i'm saying though yeah more of an alpha so to yep. speak yep uh and have an investigation committee full of full of rollovers you know yeah. so I'm to saying speak. you wouldn't mind having a worship brother phil as all the investigation no. heads. <laughs> uh, but i think it's important personalities definitely play a thing there's definitely an art to selecting investigating committees oh here you go uh, uh brother joseph bonacek uh, I was on a committee today. We tried to use three guys who are pretty different. Yeah, and I think there should needs to be a good cop, bad cop, neutral cop type of Absolutely. investigation thing. So, and then whoever is in charge of the investigative committee, which is usually a past master mm-hmm. in our in our realm, um, I like to reach out a couple times beforehand and just talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, for 10, 10, 15 minutes, so they're eased with the conversation. When you get there, it's not just like you're storming in, reading them a piece of paper. Right. You know, just kind of say, hey, this is what we're going to do. We have the guideline in Connecticut. Do we follow it as our lodge? Mm, As a mess. I don't literally... This is the worst thing you want to do. Yeah, sit there and read it. Read from... uh, Yeah. I mean, there is that one section. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And constantly look, you know what I mean? Like right. read it off and then look at him and wait for his response. Right. This piece of paper, in my opinion, you know, the the uh, formal write-up, whatever that the Grand Lodge gives you is, you should have a general idea of the questions and then yeah, don't even bring that paper to the table. Now, there is that one little section that you have to read verbatim. There is the and one section you have to I read. Just, usually I do that at the end after the right. conversation that we have mm-hmm. and I say, hey, I just got to read this verbatim. I'm going to leave this copy with you. Yep. And then but it's like, you don't open it alone. that way. And with right. those little excerpts, what I'll do is sometimes I'll read the whole thing but then I'll explain it mm-hmm. and go into depth and ask them if they understand fully of what I'm saying. It's, right. You know what I mean? So that way you're you're reading the, the, the paper but you're not really right. just you know skimming through it. If at the right. very end That's, of that meeting um, you want to go out with that with that prospect and go have a cup of coffee or, or, or go get a drink. I think you both did your job, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when I meet as the secretary or I meet somebody, I'll even bring them up here and, you know, I make, try to make them feel comfortable. Me and Ken, we actually cracked a beer with the, one of our guys. Yep. Just sit down, relax. Like he, you could see like at first he's kind of standing there. didn't really know. Yeah. Well, nobody, do. nobody really Fuck knows it, what to out. do when you walk into a Masonic right. Lodge right, right, right. investigation. So, yeah, you gotta, you got to set the standard, set the expectation mm-hmm. pretty early on. Yeah, we told him to sit down, have a seat, you know, just kind of told him to sit. Here's a beer. Let's talk. How about dress code? What do you guys do for your investigation committees as far suits as Suits and ties yeah, every that's single That's what time. we do, too, because we're a very suit and tie lot. Unless it's but. the summertime where, you know, it gets in the summertime. I, I think we're pretty good with, you know, slacks and polos, our, our Morningstar polos. So we've had debates about that in our lodge because sometimes 
you know, some people feel uncomfortable if there's, you know, three guys, three random guys they've never met showing up at their house in suits mm-hmm. and ties with little name tags on. Like, that kind of, that could make some people feel a little I'm bit I'm pretty nervous. informal when it comes to it. Um, yeah, we've done yeah. a couple. Of yeah, I've done I, think I think it all depends on the setting. If you're meeting him out mm-hmm. somewhere in public, yeah. suits and ties. If you're yeah. meeting him at his house, slacks and polos. Yeah, because yeah, I don't want to, you know, walk into somebody's house, you know, and then you're kind of intimidating it that almost... You know, you walk into their house, you're in suits and ties, and they're in their, uh, you know, house clothes. Yeah. You know, and intimidation is not what the investigating right. committee not is supposed to be about. Now, tr- yes and no. Um, I think, and this is my opinion, solely my opinion, sometimes I like suits and ties because it makes it look more prestigious. Proper. Proper. Yeah. Prestigious. Where, like, it, you, you are meeting three guys in suits and ties, you're like, whoa, they take their masonry seriously. Whereas if you're showing up in ripped jeans and freaking t-shirts, yeah. you know, a, a Rolling Stone shirt or a, you know, ACDC shirt, you're be like, really? Like, the hell is this? Like, you know, you're going to be like, oh, it's just like a normal club. No. Like, so I think there needs to be yeah. some sort of a dress code. It can be a casual like polos and slacks it does, or, or even, you know, cargo shorts. Sorry, I just kicked your That's mic. Cool. Uh, even cargo shorts, I think is fine, you know, but. I don't think you should show up looking like a smash bag either, yeah. you know, like in your average everyday civvy. If you're either. meeting somebody at a bar, it's one thing. That's yeah, one if thing. If you're in their house. Do you knock the candidate for, for his dress code? If he walks into the his EA degree? Yeah. No, no, not EA. At his home <laughs> when we're going. Oh, at his home? No, no. Let's say we're going to, let's say we're meeting at Dunkin' Donuts. And Understand, though. candidate shows up. I, I'm not talking about Dunkin' Donuts. I'm talking about wear suits and ties if you're going to take them to a restaurant. Let's say, oh, we're going to go out. We're going to go grab some food. You know, then I think you should yeah. wear a suit and tie. I want to just give you a hypothetical, though. I know. But understand. We go, we go to Dunkin' Donuts, right? And the candidate shows up wearing pajama pants. Okay. Uh, that's, I mean, he doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't know any better. And right. number two, we're not joining him. He wants to join us. Right. I mean, and I guarantee you, if we do a second interview with him, he ain't going to be showing up with damn pants a second time. If we show I'm, him I'm sorry. If you showed up here in pajama pants, I would be judging you. <laughs> so I mean, I would judge I mean, anybody in pajama pants. <laughs> I, I can't just wear pajama pants? So. I feel like that's... No, I don't think... I mean, if you're in bed. And Crocs. Pajama pants and Crocs. Oh, God. I already know where you're going with that one, so... But uh, Spencer Miller says, uh, uh, Brother Spencer Miller says, we send the senior warden in two volunteers. I think Morningstar Lodge, it's kind of, it's it's volunteer basis. And then if you, nobody volunteers, you are voluntold. And I think normally what we try to do is have the youngest master mason or the newest master mason be on that committee with somebody of prestige. If somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. Mm But start bring one younger, newer master mason, or even a fellow crafter in EA, because I don't think it, there's any rules about an EA or a fellow craft going, right? I don't think there is, but I think Connecticut, you have to have a past master on the committee. I know you have to have right, one yes, past master. Right, yes, you have to have a past master, but I, I, I'm talking about can a EA or fellow craft. I, th- I think so. Think, think again. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we had right. to do that as part of our Perfect Ashler, and I started that. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. So I think that was one of the things I did was... I don't want to talk about Perfect Ashler. Why? Did you not get yours? <laughs> because they started that after. <laughs> Me oh. too. You missed it. And, and I, I would have had all of that real fast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Me too. They started it after I, I was already, I think, Nonsense. two years... 
while we're on that subject, uh, just two things dawned on me. One, I'm going to, I, I did invite the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of the State of Connecticut to come up here and be part of a podcast. So I'm waiting for a response back from that. I also invited the uh, Deputy Grand Master as well. Um, but I was actually supposed to have uh, Brother Carlo Gargiulo, who uh, is a member of Widow Sons up here, but he had to bail at me. Uh, at the last minute, he had something else going on. He was trying to get another one of the Widow Sons up here. But we will be doing that very shortly. I think we rescheduled it actually for next Thursday. Cool. But, it's going to be fun. Yeah. But tonight, we're going to be doing Masonic Myths. So where's Joe at? I know he's watching. Sitting in the parking lot? Sitting in the parking lot. He's probably flying up the stairs right now. I did have one other question here. Let me find it. I'll give Joe my spot because, you know, he's got perfect hair. No, we can, make, we, can, we can make a seat. No, no, no. I'm going to, I'll shift over there. I'll move in the middle. Joe likes to be right here with oh, his hey, perfect hair. I think these are the only microphones we have. For what? No, that's all we got. When Joe comes up? Yeah, we'll figure Joe it out. Comes, Joe so, comes up. I ain't got no I'll more slide, lines in. I'll slide this way and then you guys That's fine. We'll have to get in like a duet kind of thing. Where we're... Yeah, I'll be all right. We'll, we'll figure out the mic situation. We're probably going to break in a little bit anyway. So I can uh, plug in my uh, commercial. But anyway, uh, Joseph Bonacek, I always ask what their expectations are. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, I didn't even absolutely. We didn't even talk about that one. Uh, gives a good clue if someone if there is uh, gives a good clue if someone is there for the wrong reason. That is absolutely good. A uh, couple other things I ask: uh, Have you ever been in trouble with the law? That's one of the mandatory questions, actually. It is. Yeah, I, I have been, been convicted. Yeah, you know, the last time I was on an investigation committee was. <laughs> You've been assigning them. It's for a, a long it's a time. felony. <laughs> it, 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 so it, if you ever downstairs door felony, go unlock uh, Joe's downstairs door is locked. Hold on, Joe, we're coming. Somebody, you ever been on a committee where someone just locked, starts listing locked. off misdemeanors? It's locked from the inside. No, because That'd be I mean, interesting. We've always asked, you know, literally. Have I've you had ever multiple been guys with misdemeanors that. You know, they're fine, yeah. but it's a felony that you don't want. So sometimes they'll sit there and they'll think for a second and then say, no, no felonies. I uh, actually made the mistake of forgetting to tell the doctor across the hallway not to lock the bottom door. So uh, we Whoops. inadvertently locked out Joe, worship brother Joe. Oh, well, security's an important thing. <laughs> I thought he was gone. Depending on if he starts with his puppet George stuff tonight. We might uh, lock him back we out. We might lock him back out. <laughs> but, uh. Let anybody in when he place. comes up here, we'll start our segment. We're actually going to go take a break in a minute, and then uh, we'll start. We'll get into the main super nuts of Masonic myths, and I'm going to tie in an alcoholic beverage that has a myth, and we're mm. actually going to participate in it uh, right after the break. So, cool. Uh, we're going to go on break real quick, and we will be back. The Freemasons Podcast presents Real Brothers of Genius. Real Brothers of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Masonic World Conquering Conspiracy Theorist. Mr. Masonic World Conquering Conspiracy Theorist. Only you can make the Boy Scouts seem like the Russian Spetsnats. Oh, gonna kill us all. Sitting in your parents' basement, basketball shorts, no shirt, and an extra large pizza, you single-handedly fire that YouTube Masonic Devil Worship video with oily-fingered ease. Ow, is that pepperoni and mushroom? 
NWO, you'll put an end to that. Where's my Nerf gun at? And even though you could get a real job, Fortnite is just way too hot right now. I need a plunger gun! So crack open an ice cold orange dry, you internet assassin. Because every article you post, you're saving the world, one nut job at a time. Mr. Masonic World Conspiracy Theorist. Brought to you by the Freemasons Podcast, Seymour, Connecticut. And we are back, and we are going to be getting into Masonic Myths, and that is going to be our topic, and this is pretty much where we're going to go from here. We're going to uh, go around the table and start with a Masonic Myth, and I'm going to lead it off, and I'm going to lead it off with a bottle of absinthe. Why absinthe? Well, we're all going to have a glass of absinthe, and the reason why I'm leading it, probably going to need one more. The reason why we're going to lead it with absinthe is because there is a huge myth. It's uh, there's water bottles in the uh, in the bottom drawer of the refrigerator. Get like uh, two bottles or so should be enough. Absinthe is actually a major myth, and one of the myths about absinthe is that it causes hallucinations, and it causes people to go crazy and do crazy things. I'm going to give a little history on it before we get into it and you'll see how it plays perfectly into what i'm basically the masonic myths it goes pretty much hand in hand absinthe originated in canton of neuchatel switzerland in the late 18th century it rose great popularity as an alcoholic drink in the late 19th and early 20th in france particularly among partisan artists and writers the consumption of absinthe was opposed by social conservatives and prohibitionists partly due to its association with bohemian culture absinthe drinkers included ernest hemingway james joyce charles Baldenaire, Paul Verlatane, Arthur Rimbald, um, let's see here, Pablo Picasso, Vincent Van Gogh, Oscar Wilde, uh, Alistair Crowley, Edgar Allan Poe. So there's uh, quite a few people who are big into the absent thing. They were also big into wearing eyeliner. (laughs) And being wackadoos. Um. Absinthe has been portrayed as dangerously addictive psychoactive drug and hallucinogen. The chemical compound thujone, which is present in spirit, uh, which is present in the spirit in trace amounts, was blamed for its alleged harmful effects. Now you want to hear a fun little fact about thujone. There's actually more. This absinthe is actually made with a plant called wormwood. Believe it or not, there's actually more thujone in sage and in parsley than there is in wormwood. You could actually take a piece of the wormwood plant, chew on it. It's better as hell from what I understand, and you will not trip at all. So that's a huge myth. So we should chew on sage. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can do that. It's in food. In college, people told us that wormwood was, like, highly psychoactive. Not at all. Totally a myth? Wow. Totally a myth. Hurts my heart. Um, In 1915, absinthe has been banned in the United States and in much of Europe, including France, Netherlands, Belgium, Switzerland, Austria, Hungary, yet it has not been demonstrated to be any more dangerous than ordinary spirits. Recent studies have shown that absinthe's psychoactive properties have been exaggerated apart from that of the alcohol. And I'm going to explain the, the story of why this happened. 
uh, around the time of absinthe being drank, wine was the other big one. And those were the two main spirits that kind of went head to head. Now, during this time, there actually was a virus or a bacteria that got into the orchards of um, the the orchards of, of the wine distilleries or whatever and started killing off a lot of these things. So wine took a nosedive and absinthe took its place. A bunch of other spirits around the same time, you start seeing the old photo picture the old posters of campari and stuff like that so there was other things that were trying to everything was kind of vie for the place of wine interestingly enough wine ended up starting to make a comeback you know the wine orchards the, the virus kind of went away or the bacteria or whatever it was started to go away and wine started to make a comeback so being the absinthe was at its absolute highest popularity at this time well the wine companies they wanted their clientele back so how do you get your clientele back when something is already pretty much taken the market over? Lies. You, you run a, spear, a smear yeah, campaign. Smear campaign. One of the, and the smear campaign was basically these wine distilleries at the time were paying criminals to say, tell everyone that you killed that person because you, you drank absinthe. And that's how it got started. And that is pretty much where it got absinthe started becoming seen in a negative light. And, uh, and, Ended up, it ended up, they, they banned absinthe for, I mean, how long is that? 1915? I, I mean, up until recently, I don't remember seeing absinthe in liquor stores. I mean, it Correct. was, it was, it was, banned. it was deemed illegal in, in the U.S. Yeah. Mike, please. It was illegal in the U.S. up until very recently. See, that's just the thing. It was never illegal. It was just banned. It was never actually written where it was illegal. It was just banned from being here. I read, I, I read, I did a little research on that. I think in college, somebody brought a bottle of it. Back and we were all like, "Oh my God, this is like yeah, a banned right. substance." And right, like, right, it didn't right. Last very long, but yeah, I mean, there were you couldn't buy it in liquor stores back then. But then you drink it, and it then you don't really trip, or you know, all the hype kind of. Yeah, goes away. it was it was just like anything else. Right. but it was like drinking was like a worm in years tequila. Ago. It's not all it's cracked. Now, while we're on this subject, the one thing I do want to say is we got a worm for the mezcal over there. There is a certain way to drink this, Rocco. If you don't talk into a mic, I'm going to duct tape your face to it. There's a certain way to drink absinthe. And one of the ways that you're not supposed to drink absinthe is straight like a shot. We do not, I do not condone alcoholic drinking, uh, acting like an ass when you're drinking, like doing straight shots of this. This stuff is 110 proof. This is extremely powerful. It is meant to be uh, diluted with water, which is why we have water on the table. But the reason why I'm bringing... Uh, I, I brought absinthe. We made it part of the show. It's very quite simple. It almost has a similar story to Freemasonry. Almost similar. Because people didn't like Freemasonry, so they went on a smear campaign with it, which is still being done today. And even to this day, when you tell somebody, oh, yeah, I got a bottle of absinthe at home. Oh, you got absinthe. Oh, my God. Like, they freak out. They think like, you're like... You know, seeing green fairies and all this. I think that was one of the stories or the, you know, the smear campaigns is that you've seen the green fairy. But in truth, none of that's actually true. It's kind of like the history of this podcast. Too. <laughs> I mean, we're going to find out. I knew you were going to, I knew you were going to uh, start with Get that. Get something so. in there. Tassies around the table. I'm good. I'm yeah. going to abstain. You're not going to try? Right. Mm-hmm. How, much, how much water do I put in this? You gotta uh, do it over the sugar, Ken. Come you gotta on, do over the sugar. I, I've never done this before. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna show you. So basically, what you have here, you're gonna do just a little bit more of that. So you're gonna basically fill it up to about a quarter of the way. Okay. One Dan, to one. while wearing a shot collar. 
No, I'm <laughs> wearing the shot collar. Okay. I have had this before. Is anybody it else? Made my no, tongue. No, no, no. Ken, wait, wait. Made my tongue go numb. You got to do Where's it the over the sugar. Now? Yeah. Nobody's telling me what to do. I told we you what to spoon. do. There you go. Okay. I need okay. the special now you spoon. Put the, put the sugar on put the, the sugar spoon. On. I'll put the sugar on the spoon, sugar then on the pour spoon. the water through it. Put the lotion on the skin. This sounds really complicated. <laughs> well, and that's only because yeah, the way absinthe is made, yeah, it cannot be made at drink ready. That's because it'll break down. The alcohol yeah, will break down inside of it. Oh, I was going for the whole. I was going full go packet. I don't know what you're what you're doing there. Spoonful <laughs> of sugar. Keep going. The absinthe goes down. It's supposed to be like. Keep going. Keep oh, going. The absinthe go really? down. Yeah, it's more water than absinthe. I didn't realize that. Yes. More. Good right there. More, he says. Moss. Uh, a little bit more, Ken. A little bit more. Hmm. Why don't you listen when I talk, Ken? That's good. I don't trust you, Danny. <laughs> so, that is why I chose this topic. Well, that's why I chose this drink to kind of. Oh, Ken, are you making them all? You, there you go, Ken. Make them all. Yeah, make them all pass them on the table. Yeah, you're a mixologist now. I know what I'm doing. Look at how fancy I am. Oh, great. I get the first one. Thanks, Ken. Wait, that smell like... It smells like black licorice. Where'd my water go? Black licorice. Oh, I have it right here. I'm sorry. I got two more over here if you want. This is already a disaster. We have a busy table. We got a busy table. And a little foray with absinthe. So, moving on. Let me just continue with this. Yeah. Let me just continue with this. But this is why I chose absinthe is because absinthe was basically made into a smear campaign. And it was simply the wine companies that wanted to stop absinthe, much similar to Freemasonry. Um, It's pretty much identical. Whereas, you know, back in the 1700s when Freemasonry started getting its rise, uh, Catholic churches and and powers that may be did not like the fact that Freemasonry was getting its that this crazy concept that what, what do you mean you can believe any religion as long as you're you know free thinkers What's our this? God's not better than everybody else's exactly God? really and this this type of smear campaign continues with Freemasonry to this day so. I want to make that comparison, and that's why we are choosing to do this. So everybody could not freak out and think that you know we're we're all uh, tripping balls, tripping out up here. It is uh, not a myth if it has wormwood. It's yeah, this stuff got wormwood. I could show you the bottle. This is a legitimate thing, uh, but that's the. Um, what did we drop? <laughs> what did we drop? Nothing, nothing. Can't put a significant amount of sugar yeah, in this. Yeah, there might be a little bit of sugar there. That's all right. It just looks like, I, I think looks like Scarface over there. Just <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. He's talking about you, George. You want to go to war? So, uh... <laughs> Seriously, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to, that's, this is what I wanted to start off with the Masonic conspiracies, or excuse me, with the Masonic myths, and uh, this is the myth we t- that I chose, and I wanted to start it off with a very similar thing that has to do with an alcohol that got a bad rap simply because a certain amount of people didn't like it. They didn't want it. They wanted, to, you know, because again, they lost their money, so. Brothers, light sip. We're not pounding this. There's no Masonic. Uh, there's no Masonic toast, toast this. on this one. It's right just hand to sip. Simply cheers. 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 You still have your whiskey too, by the way. Gumbe, as the Chinese say. Gumbe. Here's the good friends. Tonight is kind of special. Wow. It's 
straight licorice. It, it tastes like a jelly bean. It tastes exactly yeah, like a black licorice. Yeah, like oh, a, I'm yep. glad I didn't have any more. It's really good, though. Yeah, I don't, I yeah, I don't hate it. Licorice. I don't hate it. It's really good. I mean, it's sweet if you add it's as very much sugar sweet. to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, good. it's very sweet. This is the first time I ever had absinthe. I'm naturally sweet. <laughs> now I smell bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to start with Masonic Conspiracies. I was saying I had it in my 20s, but I did it wrong. Much better, right? Oh, well, don't take straight shots. No, 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 no. Don't be stupid about it. This is not a party thing. This is supposed to be meant like wine. It's supposed to be meant just to sip and enjoy and have a good time. It's not meant to... Sipped by gentlemen. Sipped by gentlemen. Not us. And it's actually funny. When I think of absinthe, I think of like France and the circus. I don't know why. So then, you know, it's like drinking and you think of like you know circus, elephants circus stuff <laughs> what the That's hell the does that have to do with the price of rice in china i don't know um <laughs> reminds me of something mike tyson would say <laughs> i'm gonna be absent <laughs> i'm not gonna be there i'm gonna be absent uh this is messing my tongue up though it doesn't nothing else is gonna taste good after i finish this no drink. yeah no, 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 no. no definitely not uh, no, it just doesn't. It, it's it's got so much of a licorice taste. Yeah, I think it would take away anything else. So, all right, let's get into the Masonic conspiracy. Ken, why don't you lead us off? You have uh, you have one that I actually didn't know, and I actually did a prior podcast on it. Yeah. So you are going to correct me. You know, this one really surprised me. The reason I wanted to do this one is because I love this myth, and I only recently found out it was a myth because I was floating around on Facebook. I'm you know a member of a couple Masonic groups on Facebook. And somebody was talking about the forget-me-not flower, mm-hmm. right? That little blue flower, and you've probably seen lapel pins for that if you're uh, if you're a brother and you've gone on the uh, you know MasonicRings.com or one of the other sites out there. Um, it was always said that, or at least I was told by other brothers, mm-hmm. um, that it was a symbol used by Masons during Nazi occupations of different countries and during World War II to identify themselves to one another um, because, you know, obviously the Nazis and the Gestapo were very anti-Mason. Now, let me let me just real quick interject. Mm-hmm. This is why you have to be careful about what you look up on the internet because that's yeah. exactly what I found. And that's why I reported yep. it on that podcast because I looked it up on the internet and that was one of the stories. That and was it said. actually kind of when you buy the pin, a lot of them come with like a little square piece of paper behind it that tells that story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that great- since I joined... Yeah, Masonic ranks. You know what I mean. That's a myth, huh? And it's a great story too, right? It's Mm -hmm. like we were persecuted, just like all these other groups that were persecuted. It's a nice hero story, and yeah, and everybody likes that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's why that story. I mean, there's a lot of other obviously conspiracy theories that get, um, you know, perpetrated by others about you know that are anti-Masonic. These, this is a myth that's actually perpetrated by our own people because it's such a great story. You want to repeat it. But unfortunately, based on the research that I found, it is false. So, um, apparently, in 1926, there was a forget-me-not pin that was struck, or I'm sorry, a forget-me-not pin, Mm -hmm. um, by Masons in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, It was later used in 1934. Let's see. There was one. Okay, so the badge is used by Nazis for the collection for collections made in March 1938. So um, there was a youth organization that would go around and collect money for rearmament. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Because obviously there were, you know, nobody could have firearms at right, that right, point. Right, so right. they were trying to collect money so that they could rearm themselves. And that was one of the badges that they would give out was that forget-me-not. Hmm. Um, maybe it was Hitler's favorite flower. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, that part is probably true. Right. Um, but apparently it didn't show up again until 1953. When at a conference of Grand Masters in Washington, D.C., um, a, the Grand Master from the United Grand Lodge of Germany brought that as a friendship token. It's that forget me so not. It's almost like, the, um, like, a, like a token. Yeah. And it was used around that time, which is probably why it got that reputation of being, oh, well, it was associated with Masons, and obviously they had to have some way of meeting in secret. Uh, when the Gestapo was running around looking for them. So it made sense, and it was being used at that time, but it wasn't used for that purpose. And it wasn't used as a means of recognition for Masons in occupied countries during that time. So the that's... The card of its time. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was actually... Uh, I found most of this in a paper, Masonic Myths, written by Trevor W. McCowan. Um, and that was from the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon, which I think I've actually referenced a couple of their articles before on previous episodes of the podcast. They do a lot of great research. But when I read that, I mean, I saw it on Facebook. It was somebody on one of the Masonic groups that said, um, I think he, he, somebody posted a picture of their lapel pin with a forget-me-not, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, isn't this a great mm-hmm. symbol of our great fraternity? And somebody was like, no, it's a myth. And I was like, course you can't trust everything you read on the internet i was right, like right. how is this a myth so i did some digging and sure enough mm, that it's, actually makes me a little bit sad that it's yeah true. i know right it's a great story it's a great it's a great story. story but i mean that doesn't take away from the fact that masons like other groups were persecuted uh during world war ii by the nazis and by the uh the axis powers and that i believe the number was two hundred and fifty thousand masons died in or were in concentration camps. Um, I mean, I'm sure some of them were there for other reasons as well, because there were a lot of classes that, you know, the, the, the Nazis didn't agree with. There were plenty of, you know, uh, plenty of Jews that were also Masons. But if, if in fact, 250,000 Masons were in concentration camps and yeah, I mean, they were persecuted just like anybody else. So you want to have that. Oh yeah. The meaning is still there. And I think that was actually one of the arguments of somebody on that Facebook group was, Hey, I mean, we're in a we're in a fraternity that prides itself on telling or, or um, using allegory to teach a lesson. Mm-hmm. So this is just like anything else. Even though it's mythical, and, you know, it's not real. It didn't actually happen. You can use it as an allegory to say this is this is what the fraternity means to to the men who are you know who are members of it. So. It's sad. Mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't a myth, but but well, we could still present it as fact. <laughs> we could present it as fact, and we did on we a prior episode. This, well, but <laughs> yeah, we may continue to do that. All right. I'm thinking. Forget me not t-shirts now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to wear that lapel pin, just for a different reason. Hmm. All right. Who wants to go next? Anybody got anything else? Uh, Joe came. I was in the car for like. No, it's away. fine. I actually, uh, Rocco, you want to go next? Yep. I got the. Oh, oh. that's gonna be so good. Sorry, <laughs> I don't feel like you're really sorry. <laughs> Luckily, anyway. I have an edit, and I'm gonna have to edit that one. Yeah, 
Anyway, sorry. It's all right. It's all right, Rock. All right. So mine we're working. Is, we're working with with uh, you know we're working with what we got here. You know. Yeah. Um. So I am uh, gonna talk about the Lodge Goat. Fire away. All right. Um. It's a joke. <laughs> there is no goat. <laughs> but you know they actually um. So back when this came about, um, you know, goat. It, it was God of all things. Um, could be abbreviated as GOAT, which they quickly changed to Great Grand Architect of the Universe. Mm-hmm. So it changed it because it sounded too much like GOAT. Really? In the 1800s, they played, on, they played on the fact, the Masons actually played on the fact that, hey, we're halfway. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all pointing to my absinthe over there. Oh, man. It's almost gone. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, they they actually made. Hold on a minute! I see a pair of clogs. Hey, there he is. What's up? What's that going on, brother good? Dan? Oh my God! Welcome you got to show you got to show Facebook Live your shirt though. Show him the shirt. Show him the shirt. Yeah. Uh, that dude is every What's little that, kid's a boy's hero. Medium on you? Killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. That was the guy who kissed Peppercorn. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, we got two other bottles of absinthe over here. They're not the same color as your absinthe. That's called Hamlet, huh? Things have changed. Very cool. But this just goes to show that, uh, you know. It looks awful. It's not. Yeah, we're going to stick with what we got. (laughs) Dan, if you're going to talk, you need to put your face on a mic. All right. Go ahead, Rocco. Finish up your goat. Anyway, one. there is a uh, there is a uh, a degree that mm-hmm. has a goat involved, yes. mm-hmm. but it's more of a fun thing. Not um, anymore. It really hasn't been done, and I can't tell you how long. And that's the. Uh, but per- why it was done? It was more of a, a fun, you know, a play on. It was to break your balls for doing something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a goat. I saw it. There is a goat. And, and so in the 1800s, did you take the perfect craftsman? I didn't take the perfect craftsman, but if you go to the museum in Massachusetts, uh-huh. there well, is a goat there. That's oh. what they're saying. Is they in the 1800s, the late 1800s, is they actually uh, manufactured mechanical goats as a play on this, and just mm. kept on kept it going. So they put there's a, there's a bunch of Masonic halls with goats in them. I mean, now if anyone has a picture of one of these goats. Not, but not for nothing, no. It Masons really don't play on on things that that really you know. We don't play on things that kind of you know. We poke fun at things. We don't. I mean, no, I got a whole freaking wrong. puppet over here that's supposed to mimic me. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but uh, so yeah, there, there is a goat. It, it's I think a goat kind of came after what you're saying Rocco now it's become kind of like a taboo kind of now he it. resides in Foxborough Stadium yes he does he does ah uh, I like to work that had to work that like what you did there um so is that all you got for that for the goat that's, all that's I got. it all that's right all I got. so the one thing I wanted to do and uh again this kind of tied into the absent thing and how people put a nice smear campaign on certain things and I'm going to tackle the uh, the myth that Freemasons are devil worshippers. <clears throat> Wait, what? We're not. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> you could start afterward. As a matter yeah. of fact, 
Start writing puppet, uh, puppet George's questions. Oh, because you're clearly on a roll. Are so you trying to silence me? I'm not trying, trying to silence, to silence me? I'm trying to utilize you to more perfect. But anyway. So now I'm a clown. <laughs> no, I amuse I'm, try- you. I'm trying to. I amuse you. <laughs> oh, I'm here to amuse you? <laughs> Good fellas. Great movie. All right. So, but anyway, back on the subject. I'm going to uh, tackle the myth that Freemasons are devil worshippers. <clears throat> and uh, I'm actually citing this from the Grand Lodge of Virginia. And it says, uh, basically, we all know that Freemasons, we don't particularly play into one religion. You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be Muslim. You don't have to be Hindu. You don't. You could be any religion. It doesn't matter as long as you believe in a supreme being. Freemasonry does not teach that any path to salvation and it certainly does not imply that salvation may be attained by one's good works freemasonry points to the open book of sacred law and tells the freemason to search there for the path to eternal life teaching the path towards salvation is the duty of the church not a fraternity and again this is kind of like a question and answers thing that i'm going back and forth and again i'm going to cite the grand lodge of virginia uh forward slash myths of freemasonry forward slash um it says uh freemasonry does believe in the importance of good works but uh this is a matter of gratitude to god for his many great gifts uh and so on and so forth and it says um Okay, so you may, uh, this, again, this is a person asking questions. So, so you may be right about not advocation, uh, salvation by the good works, but I read a great deal of stuff that says Freemasonry is incompatible with Christianity. It isn't. It's not. It's not. And I, I've, I made this, I've made this point that I am a Knights Templar, and we that you have to defend the Christian religion. That's one of the tenets that you are to do, and that's the sect of Freemasonry that is strictly Christian. I believe Shriner is more toward Muslim. Am I correct? I'm not a Shriner, so we'll have to get a Shriner up the, here. Yeah, the Shrine is more kind of celebratory than anything else. They don't really have a. They don't have a. Yeah. A, a religious yeah, I kind think of. They only have one degree, and it's not really. And now the Scottish Rite goes in every which in direction. Every direction. Yeah. It goes in every direction. They cover a, a multitude of religions: everything. Old Testament, New Testament. You know everything. Scottish Rite is just lessons learned in life. Lessons learned in life, and you know, not for nothing. Uh, there's a, a rapper who's actually a Mason. I want to give him a shout out. His name is Apathy. And one of the things he says in one of his songs is that the Bible is allegorical, not historical. Remember that. It's allegorical. There's lessons to be learned in the Bible. But it's not a true account of history because, uh, I mean, if you really believe that to every animal made it onto a boat, <laughs> it's an allegory in it. Um, but anyway... Moving on, getting back to the main thing. Um, Various Christian denominations have strongly discouraged or even prohibited members from becoming Freemasons. These critics of Freemasonry allege that the religious toleration uh, implicit in Freemasonry and the refusal to see one's faith as being superior to any others. This is a denial of the truth of the Christian revelation. However, the basic tenets of Freemasonry, brotherly love, relief, and truth are complementary to any man's Christian beliefs and part of Christian's search for more light in his continual search for the truth. For me personally, Masonry was a bridge to the church. Huh. And, um, it really is, if you really that, think that's, about that's, it. That's, that's, I, I mean, I'm being... A I'm lot of our serious. ritual goes hand in hand. So, so you know, I was... Uh, you know, I was a non-practicing Catholic right. uh, prior, and uh, Masonry. After you know years of Masonry, 
it actually brought me closer to the church right. and doing more with the church. Um, and they're two different things. I, I, I stress that. They're two different things. Now, let me continue here. It says, uh, people have read that uh, Freemasons worship Satan. How would we respond to this? Freemasons do not worship Satan. Quite the opposite. Freemasonry stands on the side of good against evil, justice against injustice, and brotherly love against intolerance. Uh, what Freemasonry stands for and supports is the antithesis of the very concept of Satan. Uh, whether or not you believe... Go ahead. Antithesis. <laughs> I knew he was going to get me at some point. Uh, antithesis. Uh, the very concept of Satan. And it's true. We, again, if... Some people can say, that, oh, Satan's real. No. But other people say that it's a concept. It's just good against evil. You know, and we stand on the other end of that. Uh, one of the other things is that uh, Freemasonry uses Baphomet or the goat-headed figure. Again, we just got finished. Uh, Freemasons, we uh, we do not worship Baphomet or uh, Baphomet as a Masonic symbol. Not even close. Uh, where? Yeah, where exactly? Uh, you know, somewhere. and I, again, I've said it on a prior podcast. We had somebody who tried heckle me on on the uh, on the. Uh, podcast facebook page about the eastern star being that it looks like a pentagram and again that's another perverted symbol because the pentagram was actually the seal of solomon in the old testament and that was perverted by the church because again you have the spanish inquisition you have uh you know the persecution of jews over time and millennium and they basically tried you know demonizing anything that they wasn't christian if you look at all the masonic symbols right they've just evolved and changed. And realistically, Freemasonry doesn't even use the pentagram in any of our rituals. Not that I've seen, anyway. I mean, there's... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's any mention of evil in nope. any Masonic devil. Any, I mean, mm -mm. nothing nope. that I could think of. There's actually a, a nice Scottish Rite degree that I remember seeing, actually, in the Valley of Waterbury up there. Uh, and it talked about... Uh, from what I remember of it, because, again, it was a long time ago, but it was a, a knight who was supposed to, who came out in full knight regalia, and they had somebody dress up as the devil, and he was the, the I can't remember the, the damn degree, but and I don't really want to get into the ritual of it, but he was opposed straight up to uh, Satan in all of his works. You know, um, So where does the Satan worship come from? Uh, first, this is a good example of disinformation we spoke about earlier. Some of our critics cite the works of Levi and Waite to support their charge that Freemasonry worships Satan. However, these cited works are either non-existent in the case of Levi, and I'm not sure what Levi is, or taken from non-Masonic sources or taken out of context. Was that maybe during the uh, the Morgan affair? I'm thinking. That's, that, that? that's exactly what I'm thinking. Um, also, some Christian critics... Of Freemasonry claim that the Freemason is a religion whose purpose is the worship of Satan, and this allegation is well represented of anti Masonic websites. Of course, we just did a commercial on that, didn't we, Ken? We did. <laughs> I think the listeners have just I heard it, too. I think they probably just heard it. <laughs> uh, they are both wrong. Uh, they are wrong both about Freemasonry being a religion and about worshiping Satan. There have been denunci uh, denunciations, 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 got it, from the Roman Catholic Church that Freemasons serve the kingdom of Satan. 
uh, humanum genus. Or that free, or Masonic lodges are the synagogue of Satan. As we understand it, the Catholic Church does not believe that Masonic ceremonies are con consciously satanic, but rather that the aims of Freemasonry do not advocate exclusiveness of Christian salvation. And of course, Freemasonry is in fact open to men of all religions and practices religious toleration, as well as uh, racial toleration, as well as we're pretty open to everything. Not all religions, though. Let's because, like, if you're Wiccan or a religion, now that's like that, coming around. Believe it or not, while we're on that subject, that's kind of coming around. We, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but we had a a brother um, who was a Wiccan. There is a Wiccan. He's still a brother. No. And it was a very complicated situation. It is a very complicated situation. Now, if you worship Satan and you're a Satanist, we're yeah. probably not going to grant you admission. So uh, there are, probably not. And yeah, understand are, that when you say, I'm a Satanist, I automatically think that you're going to do evil. And that is why you're banned from it, is because I think you're going to do evil. Wiccan, I think, kind of falls a little bit in line with Freemasonry because I don't believe that Wiccans in their natural real state believe in evil. They're just more nature-based. If but I they don't believe in one supreme being. And that's kind of verbatim of what you need to have to be a Freemason is one supreme being. And Wiccans believe like, you know, the trees and the leaves and the grass and really? all of those things are their gods. Yeah, polytheism is kind of a, uh, really? a sticking point, yeah. Now that's that funny because as long I always we need to get clarification on that because I I think I thought that as long as you believe in a supreme being, just one being, or I mean so you know what I mean like this, this actually went to Grand Lodge. I don't I don't want to keep I don't want to I'm curious about it. Yeah, no, I don't no. want to embarrass the brother. I mean he's You're still not, a no no you haven't used the brother's name so um, it's completely off the grid. But uh, and it's this is actually helpful to other you know. It went to Grand Lodge because at that time our uh, our chaplain was a actual Protestant minister, mm -hmm. so he had some pretty harsh feelings about the Wiccan religion, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, it got transferred to Grand Lodge, and Grand Lodge kind of came back down and said, we can't find anything that says it's against mm -hmm. Freemasonry, right. mm -hmm. um, but I think it's really teetering on that line because, you know... There are other uh, polytheistic religions too that we right. openly welcome into the fraternity. Now, let me let me just while we're on the subject, then I would thoroughly enjoy that anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you've listened to it, jump on our Facebook page, send me a message, and I am actually curious. And actually, you can do the community group, you can do this on the podcast group, does not matter. But I am extremely curious about true wiccan religion i'm not talking about what you see in the movie the craft or you know all that stuff like i really want to know what it stands for i want to know about it now i'm going to do my own research but i want to hear it from somebody who actually so please engage with us i'd like to know because I i've always have somebody who might be interested in and maybe even calling in get out Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> i actually do i have a i don't know what you call it a uncle whose ex-wife was really into it. She's still close to the family, but she was really into the whole thing. I had all the our books. Listeners and to chime in. It was freaking nuts. She was a little out there, anyway. But again, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I want a listener, <laughs> somebody who's a true follower of this. That actually, you know. Yeah, all I know is. Let me know what it's about. You know, and I, really, let's 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 find out about it. Let's get the let's get the real stupid nuts of it. You know, let's hear it from the horse's mouth. 
Uh, anyway, so uh, Freemasonry uh, it does not exclude any one religion. We 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 basically uh, we practice religious toleration of all religions. I th- again, I think Satanism falls out of that category because you're you're basically talking about doing evil. You know, it's basically what your your whole premise is. That, you know. Well, I mean. Bring it right over to you, Kenny. My whole thing with, with masonry and its religious tolerance has always been we we allow all of the world's religions because what we talk about from a moral perspective are common. It, it's a common ground between all of the world's religions, mm-hmm. right? We talk about certain certain lessons that are you know it's like golden rule type stuff. Like all of the world's religions can agree that. Right. You know, do to your neighbor as you would want them to have right. to, to do unto you is a mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. good thing. I right, mean, it's right, right, good right. for civilization. Right. Um, and I think that's those are the. I mean, as long as your religion is fine with that, which most of them are, then we're cool with it. But right. if you're a Satan worshiper and you believe that, you know, you should stab, you know, your 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 neighbor in the back in order to get ahead, and that's right. your that's your then that's your, a no modus operandi. Then we're not interested, right? But not that's all not religions accept Freemasons. That's something that should be really well that is known something that because and actually uh, we've we done did a few, we few did a funerals that uh, we were like mm-hmm. shunned at the funeral that they yeah. didn't even want us there, yeah, and the family did. Yeah. And it well, just goes to show you that I heard I did hear about this funeral. I heard about the priest who uh, basically pretty much called us devil worshippers and all this other stuff and basically made a real stink at a person's funeral. And the Masons, every single one of us, or that or everyone that was there from what I understood, kept their bearing, did the funeral and walked off and didn't say a word. Everybody was pretty much from from my understanding. Again, was, I wasn't there. It was one of the saddest things to see though. I mean Oh yeah, we of were, course. Yeah. We were, were there for the family. We were, we're there, there for the, the family. family. And the family wanted us to be there and uh, he kinda said you could stand in this corner and you have 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had 10 minutes and he threw us out. And he didn't want us in the building. Wow. <laughs> that just goes to show you the difference between Freemasonry and religion. We don't do that stuff. We don't do that shit. Because to me, it's very classless. Yeah. I mean, we had like 20 guys show up for this, yeah. this funeral, you know what I mean? And at that point, I don't think any of us were very close to the man. I don't think I even right. met him. Right. And I was there just... To support to the that, family. To support, support the family. Because he was right. brother. Yeah. And, uh, and again, we've, told, we've done podcasts about... I Actually, the, the uh, podcast that we did was actually uh, Freemasonry and Christianity. And uh, I talked about the, the schism between the two. Uh, I've also made jokes about the uh, the Knights of Columbus. And that's they were actually created to prevent people from joining Freemasonry. Uh, and that's One why... One their reasons. Well... One of their reasons. One of their reasons. I yes. I found out the hard way. I said something about that, and I hadn't done enough research. And they were like, "That's not the only reason that they were founded, but it is." But not the only of, reason. Yes, yeah. but it is one of the fa- uh, core right. reasons. That's why they have three degrees, just like us. That's why many of their rituals are modeled just like us. Yeah. Um, so this day and age, we get along great with the Knights of Columbus. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we march with them in parades. You know, really? We, yeah, that's awesome. We BS with them during the Memorial Day parade. We have a lot of like, dual members. Yeah, a lot wow. of dual members. I did not know yeah. that. In Waterbury, we have a lot of dual members, Knights of Columbus and Freemasons. Yeah. So, how did the Who church work out with that? Parade? How did it work out for them trying to get people to Knights dissuade from? Because ninety percent of Freemasons are in the Knights of Columbus. And uh, I believe, again, I'm not a Knight of Columbus, and I'm not knocking Knights of Columbus. I think it's great. And uh, 
actually then um I, there was a funeral that i just went to not too long ago i want to say i think it was uh brother rafferty's father i think uh the knights of columbus he was a knight of columbus and they showed up and they they did an, a, a funeral honor guard just like the knights templar do like we do and it's uh impressive you stand basically at the head of the casket and it's an impressive thing but it just goes to show you that you know we're not uh we're not devil worshipers we're we're open to everything not everything but within due bounds we're open to more than any other organization more than any other organization quite you, the opposite of devil worshipers you can't walk into a catholic church and say yeah i'm a satanist they're gonna go get out <laughs> or i'm wiccan get out <laughs> you know they won't even let you take communion uh, again i was uh i was in a catholic church one time i wanted to take communion uh i'm a methodist and they said no 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 you can't because you're not catholic seriously no, I, I had to uh i had to go to uh like catholic school mm-hmm. to go to uh my buddy's wedding to be in the wedding they wouldn't allow me to be in the wedding or the church unless yeah. the whole groomsman's party. Really? Went. Yeah. A we lot all of had the Roman go. Catholic wow. churches are. And uh, you know, I'm Protestant. Through I was born Protestant, right. raised Protestant. I taught in youth group. And I never understood that. that about religion, though. You're all Christian. What's the damn difference? I, I don't. The get ritual it. of it is the different. The details. The details. The, the, details. Devil, what is it, uh, the devil's in the details. It's all know? about how devout you are. Yeah. How devout your particular branch of that religion. I think that is the biggest crock of shit I've ever or, heard in my life. Orthodox. It was a good so way. So you know what? Bucks you guys do. All right. So listen. Let me make a great example. We do the sign of fidelity. You guys do. Sign now what is that? Shepherd. Sign, sign of the good. Sign of the good shepherd, which is. You know, Left hand, hand over right. Right, right hand over your heart, left hand over that. Right. So that would be the similar. be like, you guys do the wrong sign of fidelity. Get out. Realistically. Oh, you can't participate in our degree because you do a different one. You can, like, you can watch. Stupid as that. You can watch, but you cannot participate. Think about it. It's it's almost similar. Yeah, yeah I that's mean, a lot tradition. You know, it, it was. I think it was a great way for them to get a couple hundred bucks out of it. I had to pay. So who's more Christian? <laughs> well, that's all. Yeah. So who's more Christian? That's you know. what it's all about. Who is yeah. more, uh, again, if we're going to compare apples to oranges here, who's more Christian? Freemasons who tolerate everyone, because again, if you want to get into a religion, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And then these people are like, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. your certificate on your baptism says something different. You can't take communion. Think about it. I'm not here to debate this. I'm not. I, I'm making a point that, and again, yes, I'm crossing a religious line here. I'm just making a point that this is where Freemasonry does not, you know, they, uh, and this is where, again, I'm, I'm crossing it back over to, I'm crossing it back over to devil worshiping. Devil worshiping does not tolerate they're not um what's the word i'm looking for they're synonymous they're uh hand hand or something pretty much i'm I'm kind of getting along the lines of uh how they um they're non-tolerable they're they they don't tolerate things intolerant intolerant thank you that's the word i was looking for i'm thinking they just get together and break the break the law (laughs) that's pretty much it and then they're being no i'm sure i mean there's a there's a find some sect that has actual ritual and all these other books and i'm sure you can find in some place there's a netflix special about satanists and you know i watched because i'm I'm a curious mind and i mean a lot of it seems like a regular religion and yeah, it's kind of odd to think, think of it that way. Except for some of the things that they talk about in it. 
Well, it's it's the dialogue. You're you're worshiping the negative. If you do harm to me, I'm going to do harm well, to you. Exactly. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's not what Freemasonry teaches. That's where we run into a little bit of a but problem there, with yeah. it. But, you know, and I'm not trying to play the advocate. I, I think I've seen the same episode you're talking about, right? But I mean, there's uh, you know, in Freemasonry, there's implications of certain things. There, that is true. Yeah, no, you're right. But um, no, I guess you're right. You that, know, I mean, it, it, I'm not trying to say to tie them together by any means. Right, 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 right. You know, I think in every religion that there's some sort of violence or... Right. No, you're, you're right. Punishment. Extremist, yeah. yeah. if you will. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to say that I want to go join any satanic or anything. Like that's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. All right, what do you say, fellas? What do you think? I think we wrap this up. I don't know. I, I just think, honestly, I'm just going to be, you know, candid here and say Lucifer and what the devil, right, is a part of the story is a part of the Christian story. Right. So that's why it exists. It's not necessarily the people that worship that portion of the story. Okay, you're worshiping that portion. But it's a part of the story. It's not the whole thing. Hmm. What do you think? piece of the pie. I think we covered some Masonic myths. I wanted to do my, my, uh, my devil-worshipping one because I wanted to compare it to Absinthe. What do you think? What? How do we do? I just wanted, wanted to drink absinthe into it. He's just picking things out of the sky. <laughs> All right. What do you say we wrap this up? I think we're going to do a Puppet George interview now. Yes. You got a couple? Are. Oh, I've got quite a few. <laughs> For who? Just Ken? Work for Brother Ken. All right. So uh, if you want to see that, uh, we are not going to do that live. But if you want to see that, uh, sign up Patreon. For, sign up for Patreon. Join the YouTube channel. YouTube and uh, that's where I'm going to post these to. Anyway, for the Freemasons Podcast, I am Right Worship Brother George Marjorie signing off. Worship Brother Joe signing off. Worship Brother Dan signing off. Uh, Brother Daniel signing off. Brother Rocco. Worship Brother Ken. Have a good night, everyone.